Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We're glad that y'all are here. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Great, great, great. We are excited. So here's the thing. We changed some stuff up. We changed some stuff up. And and here's the thing is um, we think change is good. We do. We think change is good. One of the behaviors of our church, people talk about culture all the time. Culture is just a behavior. And one of the behaviors that we have is we want to make it better. Always, we need to make it better. I mean, that ultimately, that is why you're coming to church, is so that spiritual transformation happens and that every year you're not at the same place. Does that make sense? I mean, when we ask Jesus to come into our life, immediately, come on, our, our spirit is made new. But if you've got 18, 20, 40 years of living the world's way, all of that doesn't end just because you accept salvation. You have to retrain. You have to submit. You have to begin to obey. You have to hear the Lord's voice. There is a process, come on, listen, to beginning to walk out the decisions that you've made for the Lord. And so for us, um, you're going to always see change. We, we, we change quickly. We change quickly. There's no committee. We're going to make some changes. And here's why we change quickly is because we are in a culture that over-processes small decisions. Yeah, I need to get my garage clean. Hmm. And we thinking on that. We're sitting on that for like six months. Like, what are we going to do with that? What's going to happen with that? How are we going to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's processing, processing. Yeah, I think I need to get into my laundry room, and I kind of need to clean that, but I would throw this stuff away, but where's it going to go? Who's going to get mad at me if I throw stuff away that was given to me? I don't really want it. We've never used it, but I just don't want them to ask me about it. And so we process when there are some things that the Christian life is I'm going to hear it, I'm going to obey, and I'm going to do it. And so sometimes we process. Now, we're in a world of two where sometimes people don't process enough. Come on, you know what I'm saying. Um, But we are starting a new sermon series. And this sermon series is about relationships. And so we really wanted y'all to change your seat a little bit, not come into church and just try to find your aisle, but begin to sit a little bit closer to one another. I don't know, who knows? Maybe you might find a friend. Maybe you find a mate. I mean, I'm just like, like, like and, and that's good. I can't believe he said that. Well, I mean, club or church, I'm just saying, like, hey. And um, we... we we think that um, God has great things for you and you will always enter a new season, a new season. You say new season for a lot of people, we get scary. It's like, oh my gosh, I just got to used to the old one. And I think that new seasons are important for the church because we know that people are always entering and people are always leaving and God is always up to something new. Uh, he doesn't change, but come on, listen, seasons do. Come on, look at someone real quick and say, new season. Come on, come on, look at someone and say, new season. I, I just believe it's a new season for you. We are wired for connection. 
We are wired for connection. God created life to be shared with other people. God didn't intend for us um, to do relationships bad. In fact, he wanted good relations with all of us, with one another. And, and, and you would think that if God wants us to have good relations, it would be easier. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you ever feel like sometimes relationships are hard? How much do we give? How much do we talk? What do we do? How much, how do you, when do you, and, and it's always so vague. It's like, how do we really become best friends? You know, it seems like best friends were so easy in like school, but now that we're an adult, how many card games do we have to have before we've hit really good friend status? And don't get me wrong, listen, some of my best moments have been in doing life with other people where, I mean, intense laughter, uh, support from others, uh, joy. I mean, all of that has been because of people in our life. But, but if we can talk about relations, we also have to talk about the other side, which is the painful side. The, the part that's hurtful because every time you open your heart to another relationship, that's a primary source for hurt rejection and it happened so quick I mean it's just like all of a sudden someone misspeaks or they act unbecomingly or they or they, or they walk out of our life and it's like I knew I shouldn't have and we just sometimes we get a little frustrated and over the next couple of weeks we are going to jump into a new sermon series that I think is going to help us and we as a church are going to teach and train us to refuse to live divided we are seeing this in the United States. Well, it's almost like we need to take away united and put divided. Because everybody feels so bold about every opinion that it is starting to disrupt families and churches and communities. People that used to do life together. And I just need you to understand that this type of division is demonic it is the enemy well how do i know that come on let's talk jesus many times had to challenge his believers remember when peter uh stood up and jesus is talking about how his life's going to end and people are going to come for him and he says no 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 not on my watch man i got you when people step to you i'm gonna bust out my pocket knife i'm gonna take a couple ears I'm not playing. I'm not playing no games. Going to step to my Jesus. See what happens. And, and, and we see many, many times where Jesus has to humble even the most faithful because we come with our ideas and our thoughts. I mean, Jesus was the one that said, Peter, you don't have the thoughts of the Lord. You're thinking like someone, Jesus was the one when he said to other people that, hey, 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 listen, you act like your father, the devil. I mean, that, that's pretty strong coming from Jesus, but he wanted us to understand that not every thought that we think is from the Lord. Not everything that goes on in our mind we need to entertain. And so here is Peter, so bold, I'm never going to let you down, Jesus. I'm always going to be with you. You got me mistaked probably for Judas, but, but I'm, 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 your, I'm your guy. And Peter didn't even know he had pride in him. 
And Jesus began to teach him a lesson about humility, and he said, here's how you will know that you've missed it. You will hear the rooster crow three times, and on that third time, you will know, and he's, no, and deny, deny, deny the rooster. What, what, what does Peter do? Peter, discouraged, Jesus is gone, he returns back to his old life. He's on a boat, he's starting to fish, and Jesus comes to the shore after he, he, he is risen from the dead, and he stands on the shore and he says, have you caught any fish? And Peter, overwhelmed by the voice he had heard, the voice that he had walked with for three years, fully clothed, jumped out of the boat into the water and began to swim towards Jesus. And, and the thing that begins to really challenge me is Jesus didn't give him a lesson. He didn't say, okay, PDP, did you understand what I'm saying? Like, like I told you you had some pride. You were like, no, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. We did the whole conflict, conflict, conflict. But did you see? You heard the rooster, right? Like he never mentioned. All he said is, Peter, do you understand now that your job is to feed my sheep, feed my lambs? And it was an immediate move on. And why wasn't there all of this conversation because we're in a, a world where it's like we want to over talk every situation the culture of the world is coming into the church and we're living divided our world wants us to see everyone as us and them us and them come on us and them we go to a church for five or six years and something happens and we leave and now it's us and them come on where we were raised what what, what politics it, it doesn't matter well if what class you're in it's us and them we used to be in that life group but now we're not in that life group we're in this life group and it's us and them even husbands and wives get married and they walk an aisle and they pay over five six seven ten thousand dollars for a wedding that probably is the best day of their life and then it's us and them and division comes in over laundry the dishwasher schedule remembering things Differences. And here's what I want to say. We, we even experienced this. And, and it's amazing how Americans, we, we have short-term memory. And so I'm going to say a lot of things today that um, I, I really want you to like our church. But, and let me just say this when you're picking a church. And I know some of you are wondering, when, when are you going to use scripture? I got four or five, so stop being religious. Um <laughs> I know what you're thinking, so, uh, but, but, but the point is this, is the point is this, is we are great at judging the world, but we are not great at judging ourselves. We are great at looking at the news and going, how can this happen in our world? But we are great, we are not great at looking at our homes and our responses and going, how can this come out of me? There is always an us and them. Come on, y'all remember COVID? How many people, I'm almost done. How, how many people, listen, 
Listen, how, how many people lost friendships because you have to make a choice and I need you to be vaxxed or unvaxxed. And it was such a huge deal. Churches were divided. Families were divided. Pe- people wouldn't go check on parents and whatever. Because, I mean, it was, it was mass hysteria and our culture demanded you have to pick. And if you don't pick, you've picked. We could talk about racial tensions. We could talk about elections. We could talk about every moment when crisis comes. Listening to people because the world makes you choose. What, what tribe are you going to be in? Are, are, you, are you going to listen to Fauci? Are you going to listen to? What, 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 what are you going to do? And this comes into the church, us and them. And this is nothing more than the devil. It's, it, it's demonic. It, as Christians, listen, we don't take the bait of the enemy over and over again. The goal of a thriving relationship is unity. Come on, unity. And so when we talk about this, unity isn't uniformity. It doesn't mean that everyone has to do or, or be the same person. But what it does do is that as a believer, we are moving out of a secular mindset. We're moving out of a worldly mindset and we're coming under biblical order. And the only way to do that is to go, God, I submit to you. I submit to you. And people don't have to make every decision that you make in order to be your friend. That's called control. Some people want to do homeschool. Some people want to do Christian school. Some people want to do public school. And now we're not going to be friends with people because they made a different decision than I. What? That's called narcissism. We don't have to be identical, but we have to be like-minded. That means we share a biblical worldview and we take responsibility. Come on, listen. And, 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 and when seasons change, we, the church is just really late to the game on how to respond to people entering and exiting and thinking. So my assignment today is good relations. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one through eight. Let's read this. For everything there is a season. Come on, say season. And a time for every matter under heaven. Now some of you, even this this. Scripture verse is going to bother you because you come from a camp where there should be no bad seasons. Or, 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 or that somehow God left you when there's a bad season. But the Bible teaches us that there is both good and bad in seasons. And the seasons are to produce maturity in your life. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. There are times and you are seen as immature when you're dancing, but you should be mourning. There are seasons there's a season to weep. There's a season to cut a joke and laugh and come on, be light. There's a, verse five, 
There's a time to cast away stones. We don't need these. And a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow. Come on, listen. A time to keep silent. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's not this culture. We are compelled to let you know what we're thinking. And we will say it, we will post it, we will scream it, we will shout it, we will tattoo it to our inner thigh. We are going to say what we want to say. Seasons. Time to speak. Time to love. Time to hate. What? As a believer, we hate what is evil. We don't hate who's evil. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. This passage tells us that for everything there is a season in your life and you don't get to pre-describe or predetermine seasons. You get to live through them. You get to mature. You get to, come on, listen. Listen, you, the only thing you get to manage when seasons and when seasons change is your outlook. And tells us, and Solomon is clear when he writes this, that seasons are about valuing, respecting, appreciating, and understanding these changes in your life. And, and, and here's the thing is, you have to understand that your time has been given by God, and you, have, you, you are on a clock you're on a clock. Anybody play sports? You're on a clock. And so your clock is ticking, even though you may not see it every day. There is a game happening in your, your clock. And if you spend your whole life, listen, being frustrated, offended, divided, then how is your purpose going to manifest? Because because the Holy Spirit is not present amongst division. See, our, the goal of a Christian is, is unity. So, so here, when we begin to walk under these thoughts of nobody understands me, nobody sees me, nobody cares about me, no, no, and then we pick up these little small offenses that begin to attach themselves to our heart, then we forget to think that we're carrying something and we're actually hardening our heart and we're hardening our responses to other people. And so we refuse to live missionally and we just live me-focused. John chapter 15, verse 12 through 14. This is my commandment, Jesus, that you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, now. We want to sing songs about how God loves us. We churches grow by how God treats us. We come to church on how God treats us. And God's like, yo, did you read the fine print? You're supposed to do that for everybody. The way you feel when you've jacked it up, messed it up, kicked the dog, said something terrible, did something, failed. When you get grace and mercy and God says, yo, I love you. I'm not for it. I'm not going to condone it. There will be consequences because of it. But I love you and I don't want you to feel like we can't be in a relationship.
For those that have been given much, we, come on, listen, come on, church, we give much. Jesus said, it's a weird concept. Look at this. Lay down his life for his friends. That's not our culture. And I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I might take a cut for you. But you mean give it all up? No, nah, man, you, you were stupid anyway. I mean, I'm just like, ah, I go to your funeral. I'll cry. I even help your family some. But <laughs> I mean, you know, I told you not to go anyway. <laughs> Come on. No greater love than this. Jesus is saying, I love with a deeper love than natural love. Come on, natural love is the world's way of loving. That means that it will change based on conditions. So I need to teach everybody biblical worldview. You cannot outlaw love, natural love, just like you cannot outlaw hate. It's natural love and hate are like two sides of the quarter. And the world treats us as natural love as conditional. Oh, you want to get married? Oh, man, yeah, absolutely. I love you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, before marriage, opposites attract. After marriage, opposites attack. Nope, I still love you. But then uh, let's talk about this dishwasher four more times. Go on and have me walk in one more time and have me pick up your clothes. Go on and make me late one more time. Go, like, come on. Why do we set a time agenda on when we're going to leave when you don't care? And then what we do is we pick up all these little offenses and, we, and, we, and then we measure all the time. We measure all the time. And then finally something happens that puts it all together and we go, I'm done. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? We saw this, the world, you're either in and you're out. You're wanted or you're canceled. You're, you're good or you're bad. And I mean, you can see it across so, social media. You can see it with celebrities. We love them. Oh, nope, 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 we change, boy, we, we hate them. <laughs> church does the same thing. Oh, we're family. We go to the same church. Woo! Oh, y'all don't go here no more. Cancel you. Is this right? But this is not the kingdom. Jesus is talking in this verse about agape love. Agape love is a fatherly love for his sons and daughters. It is the highest form of love. Come on. And it is purely unconditional. In other words, I do not approve of what you do, but I love you. And there will never be this wall or division in me that pushes you away. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love. By what? That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. You know what that means? That means we have to be inconvenienced. We have to sacrifice. We give quickly. We don't think of self first. We don't think of my plan, my agenda, no time, me, me, me. We think, oh, I don't feel like I'm losing because I, because I love you. 
I don't feel like I was, I'm somehow getting manipulated because I'm giving to you. And, and, and we need to talk about this. Because as a church, we have to look different than the world. And I would like to submit to you today, churches would grow all over the world if we started acting in agape love. Churches would be full. And this isn't easy. What I'm telling you is not easy. In fact, the only way to give this type of love is when arguments, attacks, gossips, immaturities, assumptions, and vendettas are all in your heart and on the tip of your tongue and you choose something different. Come on. Let's just talk a little bit about this. I can just imagine good relationships could thrive if arguments and distractions didn't divide marriages, friendships, uh, churches. See, a posture of humility is different. We apologize and we move on. But nobody wants to apologize because we both want to argue. And our culture is like we love to obsess. I just, I, I know you talked to me and I know that you told me you're sorry, but I just really, I, I don't think we're past it. I really needed to contextualize how I was feeling in that moment because I'd had triggers and trauma and I had all this stuff when you didn't text me back after coffee. And so, and then, oh, really? Is that how you felt? Well, I went, and we're talking about something for like, what, what? Jesus was like, yo, PDP, you caught any fish? No, <laughs> since you've been gone, hadn't caught any. You want to get back to work? <laughs> Desperately. Ah, oh, let's go. I'm not saying that husbands and wives don't need to have moments of clarity. I'm not saying friendships don't need to have moments of clarity. And courageous conversations are part of friendships. But w when there's been an apology, when there's been an I'm sorry, when there's been a humility, you either move on or move out. I mean, like we, we're, we're not obsessing over this all the time because God doesn't do that with you. When you repent, he throws your sin as far as the east is from the west. And so all I'm asking you to do is do what God does for, come on, you. So let's talk about three ways real quick to keep good relations in changing seasons. And one of the things, the reasons that we put this content up here, we want you to take a picture of it. We want you to write it down. Here's what is happening. Sunday prepares you for Monday and Tuesday. I believe that God is delivering something to your spirit today that you will use on Wednesday. And so, yes, I appreciate you sitting through it, but actually I want you to apply it to your life and you can't apply what's not in front of you. you, you we want you to absorb it. So let's talk about this. First one, understand that there is uncertainty in every season. We don't go MIA on every friendship and close down because we're in a season. We have to reach out when those unexpected seasons strike. Our hope is that you would come here and build relationships because hard moments are going to happen. There's going to, you're going to have to sow and invest. You're going to have to meet people. And I get it. I don't want to start over again. Well, it's a season. A farmer doesn't go, well, I planted five years ago. I'm expecting that to be enough. It's not enough. It was enough for that, come on, say it with me, season. 
but it's not enough for this season because I'm shifting you. I'm aligning you. I'm moving something in and out of your life and you need more people. So you got to open up your heart. Come on. When people, you begin to invest. Hey, listen, you want to go to coffee? My son is playing basketball and we've been on a drought for the last three, three weekends. So finally I had to step in and be dad. And I was like, bruh, uh, you're not scoring a lot. And, uh, and I, he's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, why do you think that is? Oh, Dad, I'm not getting open. No one's giving the ball. I was like, okay. I was like, um, how many shots are going up? He was like, two, three. And I was like, so how many points are you getting? One or two? And I was like, if you don't shoot, you can't win. If you don't score, come on, do it. And so I, I, I issued him a challenge. I said, okay, then this next game, I want you to shoot 20 shots. Well, he comes in to church. He missed the first one, came and said, Dad, I made eight points. I'm like, oh, really? Surprise. You're going to issue and you're going to go out and say, I, I went to church and I got so courageous. And I went up to someone that I thought we could be friends because she was giving me the friend vibe. And I said, do you want to come over to our house? And she said, no. And I'm like, maybe I'm prone to walk alone my whole life. (laughs) Ask 40 people to go to coffee and I promise you next week your schedule will be full. Here's the thing is that if we're going to think all this through, you invest in relationships not to get something back. And this is hard for our culture because people are taking invisible tallies all the time. Hey, I'll do for you. And then later when I call on you, I'm expecting you to do for me. Oh, you weren't really giving to me friendship. You were giving me a contract that I didn't know about that you were going to then show me later and be offended and defriend me on Facebook because I didn't come running when you came running. But I thought you came running because you, you cared about me, not because you were setting up this contract. So when you give, it's not really giving out of your heart because the Holy Spirit told you. It's giving because you want to get. I'll come mow your lawn, and then when I can't mow my lawn, well, you know. That's that's not the kingdom. Real love doesn't have strings attached. Come on, listen. You give because the Holy Spirit tells you to give. You do because the Holy Spirit tells you to do. People don't owe you. Come on, listen, people don't owe you. And I see it a lot in every season. Well, I did for them and they didn't do for me. Yeah, but if you did for them in a pure heart, then God's gonna bless you and someone else will do for you. And it may not be the person that you thought, but when you give, come on, with no strings attached, God blesses that. I see a lot of parents in a later season of life frustrated that their kids aren't calling oh my God, I'm not going to call them. I'm the father and the mother. They call me. I called my daddy. 
I called my grand, I called my, every week I called. They need to call me. I understand that. That's great. They're not calling. So now here you are thinking about them every day, wondering about their life, wishing they would call. Why you not call? That's called pride. Pick up the phone. Hey, son, I know you're busy. You got three or four kids and you ain't got no money. So, cause you got three or four kids. So I know you out there hustling, but I just wanted to tell you I was thinking about you. I love you. What's going on? Come on. Here's the thing. Is as we begin to invest in relationships, you, you have to know, are you a giver or not? Listen, when we extend grace and mercy, we give people slack in seasons that listen are full of uncertainty and 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 even in our own life listen over the last eight years we went through six seasons where where we were sick for almost two to three years where we had this throw-up bug and we could not get over it we could not get over it then we went through broken bones. Uh, one of our child had stepsis. We went through a wreck. We, my mom passed away. We had we moved in three buildings in seven years. I, we moved us twice, nanny twice. Some of you guys, but we, my kids play football, volleyball, gymnastics, soccer. But, but my point is that there are a lot of activities and things in life that are happening that are seasonal, and you don't get to control your season. You get to control your thinking. Here's the second one. People will move in and out in each of your seasons. And so how do we respond to that? Well, here's what you need to know. God brings people into your life for a reason, a season, or long term. And so for us as believers, we have to listen love well at the house we want to be guilty of loving well when it's hard when people come on are moving in and out of your life many times god is allowing a shifting to happen and listen listen we're so frustrated, but God's doing something. God's doing something and yes, it may be painful and yes, you wish it hadn't have happened but God has love for both people, both parties, both people. Listen, we have to begin to trust the God in people and not just sever every time. Leaning in. Let's talk about this. When, when we lean into new people, new, new friends, we begin to lean into new relationships. Well, I've already made friends and I'm tired of making friends. All I'm saying is that like, like, that's like saying to your spouse, I'm tired of saying I love you. You're going to have to lean in. You're going to have to act like it. You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to, does that make sense? And so for us, of course, we want friends to stay here and be here. And I'm praying that we have a house that people can, uh, their teenagers can have friends, their kids can have friends, the married couples can have friends, that they can date and, and fall in love. And come on, listen. And if you're sitting by someone right now and they don't got, I'm just kidding. I'm just, but, but the reality is there, that's, all of that is okay, but you're gonna have to lean into community and stop making other people do all the work to know you. 
people are going to move in and out. You're going to have to let it go. Meaning like we don't control people and we trust God. And listen, here's the thing is I meet so many people that get obsessed about why people left. If we would have, should have, could have, would have, and if we'd have done this, and if we'd have done that, or they just blame them. And I just need you to know that that's not on you. Sure, we learn. Sure, we grow. Sure, man, I don't know if I would do it that way again. But the reality is, as we begin to live life, you believe that God has something good for you and good for them, and God is going to send you what you need. And I just want to talk a little bit. As you begin to get, become an adult, you don't make friends like you did when you were in high school. And, and I just want to talk to, to some of the men and maybe some, some of the, the ladies that you're in your 30s. And I, here's what I want to say is that if you're wishing for some one best friend that meets every one of your needs, and, and the only thing that you can contextualize best friend is, is when you were in high school and they were sitting on your bed, and y'all were talking all night and reading each other's journals and painting each other's nails and doing it, you're not going to have that type of friendship now. That, that's not how it is because if you find another mother in mid-season and, and, and they, they're sitting on your bed every night, they don't have any responsibility. Like, I, I'm taking care of lives now. And so, guess what? I get coffee sporadically. I love you, but I may not text you for two weeks. That doesn't mean I hate you. It means these children need attention and I'm praying that one of the, everybody live. I'm not looking for one more thing to do. But now you're like, I tried to reach out and be their friend. And the worst is when they, it says read. And you're like, oh, I know where I'm at. But how many of you, be honest, you've read something and you're like, oh yeah, I need to get back to that. And all of a sudden the alarms go off, things happen, kids get sick. And it's like a week and they're like, so I know you read my text. And you're like, I did and I love you. But, it, but it, it's amazing how we begin to, to not let stuff go. You're going to have to let stuff go. You can't blame everybody. You can't cut your, 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 your heart. You can't, can't be hard. You've got to be in to, to say, okay, God, I trust you. Here's the third one. We are never alone no matter what season we're in. Never. And so here's the thing. If you really knew that the Holy Spirit was present and, and, and if we knew our Bible where it said that Jesus would never leave us or forsake us, you actually know that you always have someone present. And so the question doesn't then become them leaving. It becomes our dependence on people. And God put us in people's life so that we would bless them. Come on. Hear what I'm saying? But so many times, people are the thing that we're leaning on. Our mate is the thing that we're leaning on. Our girlfriend, and you're wondering why people are not texting you back. It's a little heavy. You're a little thirsty. You have to tell them everything that's going on in your life, and they got problems too. 
and, and you're, you're so scared that you're going to run and live alone. But the truth is, God said, I send you the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. He's your counselor. He's your revealer of truth. He is going to be with you forever. And that's your first conversation. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And then for us, we've got to make sure that we don't live divided. No matter where you're at in life, man, y'all go ahead and come up. You're going to have to hear me. You're going to have to hear me. If you're never running alone, you're never all alone. And so there are going to be times, listen, in your marriage where you're going to feel like your wife or husband are absolutely not getting it. And you're going to feel like they're not loving you the way they should. And it's in that moment that I'm asking you to pause and don't start a conflict, start a conversation with the Lord and go, what do I need right now? And am I, am I getting some of that from you? Because I come to you and you fill me up and you are my joy. And then what happens is I may have a conversation, a, a courageous conversation with my husband or wife. I may say, hey, when you act like that, it makes me feel this way. And, and even though your feeling, my feelings are not your problem, I'm gonna take that to the Lord. I don't know if you may be aware of what's happening. Oh, well, then we have a conversation about backgrounds. And the reason I feel that way is because my parents fought all the time. And, my dad always left and shut the door. And so I don't know why when you shut the door, it triggers something in me that I feel like you're mad at me when really you're not even mad at me. You're just like, when I go through doors, I usually shut them. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so I just, I, I, I need you to, to, to know, listen, you're never alone. Refuse to let the petty stuff divide you. Live in unity. This month every wednesday we're going to be doing may we pray may we pray and and here's what i'm saying if th some things are being stirred and, and here's what i'm hoping you walk away with first of all i hope that you are able to deal with the offense the offense that you carry and the offense that you've given because just like you are processing some wrongs that people have done to you there is someone in church processing you. There's someone in church today letting you go. There's someone today, okay. And so the church has to be unified. We got, a, we got a, another political season right around the corner. And, I, and, and, and we're going to talk about it. But here's what I'm telling you is if you have to control everybody in your life in order to have unity, then you're not leaning on God, you're leaning on your personal preferences. And so this is how the church has got to detox. So here's what I'm asking you, y'all stand up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.